Brisbane Wakes Up with Steph, Abby and Matt on B105. Hello, thank you for downloading our podcast, everybody. Good show today. We found out the skinny on the um, school zones. Apparently there's going to be cameras in those signs now for school drop-off and pick-up, so be wary of that. I know it is for safety, but I would be intrigued to know how much revenue has been uh, got from all the recent changes with the cameras talking about with the mobile phones yeah. and the seatbelts. Because mm. $1,000, it never used to be that high, did it? For, no. And it's not for speeding? No, it's a th- it's. Uh, I think speed is that one that always depends on how oh, fast right, okay. you go, depends yeah. on what your fine is. Mm. But it's straight up a grand for touching your phone. Yeah. I know police officers who hate giving out the fine for it. Mm. They, they do it because it's their job, but they don't like it because they don't think it should be Right. That much money. Mm. Um, I guess it has helped, I think. Though. Yeah, well, that's it, it, was, it didn't start that expensive, but then no, no one yeah. stopped. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah and I do kind of agree with it because you do go, what? Mm. Yeah. Yeah, but I think um, for them, obviously, they're, they're out there in the community and giving out fines isn't a police officer's favourite thing to do. No. You know? Mm. I think it would be a, it would be a tough exchange. I think sometimes I th- it is. I still think they have budgets to make, I wonder. I believe they do. Yeah. Um, I don't know whether they're meant to, are they? No. The okay. classic is I always love, you know, when you watch it, one of those shows with that, like, um, RBT, RBT or, or whatever, and, you know, they always get, oh, more money to the Christmas party. Mm. You know, there's <laughs> yeah. always one guy does that. I wonder yeah. if they do, though, if they, like, I mean, I guess they don't really celebrate it, but if it went around with, like, who's making the most revenue or something. Or, like, like yeah. you know, you're yeah. giving away the most fines. I guess it'd have to stop somewhere because you wouldn't want some guy at his desk going, Two murderers down this month. Take matters into my own hands. We'll get some answers on that. Uh, plus, we speak to an amazing woman. Polly Miller is her name. Uh, an English woman who was treated here in Brisbane mm. after she was um, a victim of the Bali bombings in 2002. Yeah. It's extraordinary to know that they went all over Australia as well. Mm. I remember it a lot up in Darwin. Yeah, wherever mm. they could go. Because um, it's a real quick fly mm. but yeah it's amazing how an english woman <laughs> ended up over in Bri- you know here in brizzy, in brizzy. Uh, all right let's get into it here's a podcast stab abby and matt for breakfast b105 dear abby sometimes in life gets real and that's when you need abby to help i'm trying to help you if you've got a Dear Abby, you can send it in, dearabby at b105.com.au. I did write back um, a laughing uh, <laughs> laughing emojis to this one. She was mm. like, it's not funny. I'm like, come on. <laughs> it is a little bit. <laughs> She's written, Dear Abby, my sister is driving me nuts with re-gifting. I gave her a bottle of expensive champagne for her birthday and then she gave it to our parents for their anniversary, which is weird in itself because we never give anniversary presents. And she swears that it was a different bottle and she just liked it so much that then she bought it for my parents, but it was in exactly the same bag. Mm. Anyways, (laughs) she said, it's not the re-gifting that annoys me so much. It's that she is lying about it when caught out and is getting the credit for it. My family is now blaming me for an argument that happened at our nephew's third birthday it's our brother's son and when we were there we were all giving gifts and she gave the exact same drive on car that i gave her son years ago (laughs) he obviously didn't he obviously didn't use it and i was like wait a minute that's the one that i gave you and she's like no it's not so i was pointing out well how much did it cost and where did you get it from because i know that i got it online 
She said, really, this is not a big deal. Can we not talk about it? My brother agreed and said, I'm the one that's trying to cause arguments. Mm. All I'm saying is, if that you're going to re-gift it, you should be giving me the credit for it. <laughs> if I'm right there <laughs> at the time. So what are the rules about re-gifting? Mm. I don't think the person can be there. I'm, I'm with you. You yeah. can't re Or if you do, just say, hey, I actually did get given. I, it's nothing wrong with re-gifting. Mm. It's reusing. It's, it's fantastic. Yeah. But I think you need to say, hey, I'm not using this anymore, so I'm giving you the right on car. You don't wrap it up and re-gift it because all she's doing is just saving herself going to buy. Mm-hmm. But why does the sister need credit? Because she bought the she thing bought in the, the first present place. For it. Yeah, but it, she's, not, she bought, she's giving a gift that she didn't pay for. Yeah, but if she got it got given to the other person. It's no longer her belonging. Didn't you re-gift the same present to the same person? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't you you re-gifted our present as well? Oh, the Bunnings. Which one? Yeah. The I, bu- you guys gave me a Bunnings voucher. <laughs> and you and gave I, it to your I mum. I bought my mum a spark plug with yeah. it. Yeah, you're supposed mm. to spend it on yourself. The spark plug was like five bucks. I did mm. bought a whole heap of stuff for myself and then just nah. threw in the spark plug. We're nah. not doing gift cards anymore. Nah. I remember the last time we did it for the dinner as well and then he yeah. took other people. It was supposed yeah, to be for you guys. But... Esther was there. I was there. Yeah, and so was, was your cousin yeah. and your cousin's husband. Yeah, we had a fantastic time and I appreciate. It's not how we wanted it. No. When we give a gift, no. we really want to stipulate how you use yeah, it, don't you, we? Yeah, it's supposed to be you and your wife. Yeah. yeah. If we gave him a gift card and he gave it to... Rove, his best friend now. Yeah, yeah. Um, a curveball, but sure. Would you be annoyed? Yeah, I think... Yeah, because he doesn't like Rove. <laughs> no, I don't get, Rove would find plenty of stuff to get in bras and things. <laughs> no, it doesn't... It, that doesn't bother me. I think once the gift leaves your hand. I think also, but the, the, the same bag's a bit rich for the champagne. That's it. Just change make it bag. up. You know, yeah. 131060, if you've been caught out re-gifting or if you caught someone out, because I, cause I remember you bought... You got given a champagne, didn't mm-hmm. you? And it was in a special container... And then you gave it to the same person that gave it to you, and you pretended, or did you admit it? No, no. So it came, the bottle of champagne came in a box. Yeah. I took it out of the box. Oh, well, there you go. And six months later, gave it back to them <laughs> unboxed. And I said, I assume you really like this champagne. Yeah, you've just aged it. <laughs> you've just aged it for them. <laughs> yeah. I just think you can't. She's getting credit for giving a present that she didn't buy. Mm. Yeah. You could still give that. And say, hey, I'm going to give this because we my son's not it. using it anymore. Also, here's a little gift. Mm. Have you ever re-gifted in your life? Probably. Have you ever got the fear when you've re-gifted and you really can't remember who gave it to you? Oh, yeah, that's scary, isn't yeah. it? <clears throat> no, I don't think I've, I've re-gifted too no, much. No, because the presents that he got are quite specific for yeah. him. I like to laser point and get the people something that they didn't even know they wanted. Right. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, the stuff that we give you, you couldn't really re-gift. It's no, quite, that's true. Yeah, yeah. we gave yeah. you protein powder for your last birthday. <laughs> isn't isn't this your Wilson <laughs> from Castaway volleyball stab? No, it's not. <laughs> it's got your name on it. No, it doesn't. <laughs> stab, why do I have a personalised stab wallet? I just thought you might want to think of me when you're buying stuff. <laughs> do you think that she's, not anno- she's wrong being annoyed then? Can you understand her? I don't. I, I think I'm confused by her reasoning. She's she's annoyed that she is just not getting credit. It's like, and I plus her sister's lying to her face. Yeah, lying that to was the whole what family. would annoy me. Mm. I just don't know why that sister needs so much glory. Like, why does she need praise all the time? Because she bought it all. It's not the praise. It's just yeah. that the other girl is. She has stored it at her house for three years, though. Like that's it. And without the kids seeing it, mm. that's you got to give her credit for that. Maybe should have given the kid a bottle of champagne. <laughs> <laughs> Brittany and Griffin, re-gifting. What do you think about it? Hey, guys. Um, can you hear me? Yep. Yes. 
told someone that you've re-gifted? Because my fear is if you give away that present or something and then they come to your house and mm. they're like, oh, where is the mm. I gave you? Uh, um, I will admit that my mother-in-law bought us a um, set of knives that I'd already, like kitchen knives, and I'd already bought myself a set of kitchen knives. And when she came over, I swapped the knife block around <laughs> so she thought we were using her kitchen. God, you see, keeping them so well, Brittany. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> 13, 10, 60, we're talking about when you've uh, been busted re-gifting or if you've been busted, if you've busted someone or you've been busted. Mm, Carrie in Redland Plains, uh, what do you think about re-gifting, yay or nay? Yeah, I'm all for re-gifting. I think you just have to be smart about it. Mm. Um, my sister-in-law bought my daughter, so gifted my daughter a drink bottle for Christmas and it came in a box and it had like a wireless speaker embedded in it. So I thought, oh, really cool. I got it out to charge it up for her to use. And realised that the drink bottle had been customised with my sister-in-law's name. <laughs> so it was very clearly a present to her, yeah. but she re-gifted it to yeah. my daughter. Um, Just a reminder so of her auntie. I saw it yeah. and I pulled it off <laughs> before she could see the name. So yeah. she still loves the drink bottle. Mm. <laughs> there's, the, there's the other one you can throw into this mix. Um, gifting something that you got for free. Where does that sit? Yeah, that's 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 encouraged, <laughs> wouldn't you? You're a monster. <laughs> no, of course not. I, I think what do you if you don't need it? Why waste it if you know someone who is going to? But shouldn't you go? Hey, I got this for free. You can have it. Yeah, or do I you do wrap that. Wrap it up and go. I re-gift flowers. Mm. Yeah. Hmm. So I will, um, and often I will take out the tag as I'm giving it to them. <laughs> oh, so they're, they're... Yeah, Nikki always gets it. She loves flowers. <laughs> Abby, my condolences for your loss. I'll just take that, I'll just take that one out. Here you go. <laughs> Anna in Deception Bay, re-gifting. What do you think about it? Hi, I re-gift all the time, actually. It's, um, I worked as uh, at a school and I was always given presents from um, other teachers and the kids and friends as a whole. So what I do is actually write the person's name that gave it to me on the gift. Right. And oh. I know then that that not give it to Not that to person. give it to them. <laughs> not to give it back to them. That is brilliant. That's Anna. clever. I'm going to remember that so I don't have that fear of going, wait a minute, are yeah. they the person that gave it to me? <laughs> yes, Abby. I gave you that water yeah. bottle. <laughs> Stab Abby and Matt for breakfast. B105. Back to school. Term four. Didn't that come quickly? But a lot of people have been posting saying, hey, don't forget, be careful at the school zones because now there are permanent um, cameras. And there always has been people checking around those areas because you do have to take it slower. Mm -hmm. But now with permanent cameras, you've got to remember all the time. (laughs) (laughs) Trying to not say anything wrong. (laughs) And it said everything wrong. So so you're talking about, because you brought this to our attention, the ones that flash and they're only for certain times. Mm. Yeah. So inside those signs now, there are speed cameras that will ping you and give you a fine. Yeah. And we just want to know a little bit more about them. Are they only operational for the school zones Mm. at the school time Mm. or all the time? Mm. All right. So Louise is on. She's the CEO of Traffic Management Australia to clear all of this up. Now, (laughs) Louise, are they at every school? No, they're not. 
So cameras are positioned in different places around um, the school um, and they won't be at every single school zone. I think it's important that everyone understands that um, lately there's been a lot of media on a, a very large feed camera that you would have seen in August, mm. released by Minister Bailey. And it is a standalone speed camera. It's a very large uh, piece of equipment. And that's been trialled across September and onwards in some school zones and on some traffic work sites um, to help motorists get the message to slow down. So that camera is completely different to any other speed cameras that you see at traffic lights or in other zones that are placed around different road sites. Mm. So um, that's the camera that really is the one to be watching out for. But it, at this stage, there's only one of those, and it, um, I can't even tell you the site that it will be on right. in the next few months. But um, certainly with going back to school, it's a, a great timing that this camera is being released because it will actually directly send you, uh, you will be directly sent um, a fine. Ah. So there's no warning time. Ah. It will just be straight straight, straight to you. So um, I urge motorists to slow down, please, um, with back to school and just every day that you're driving. And also when you're driving through a work site, any part of our road you should not be doing over the signposted speed limit. Uh, and unfortunately, we seem to see um, 1,200 deaths each year across the country, mm. lots of it due to people speeding. And so, will um, the, I'd urge everyone to slow down. Yeah, indeed. And will the um, speed cameras uh, outside the schools, they'll only be taking photos during the school zone times, right? Uh, I think they'll probably be active while they're on that site. So if right. that is a, if it's actually delegated and put there on the speed the morning time, then yes. But if it's put there all day, then it would be operational all day. That's completely up to the Department of Transport and how they want to actually put those put that camera on a site. West- so, um, yeah. Couldn't answer that for sure. Okay. It would be whatever time it's on the site. Always do the legal thing. hundred percent. Hey, Louise, we are seeing more sophistication with the cameras that are now taking photos of people not wearing their seatbelts correctly mm-hmm. and also on, on mobile, mobile phones. phones. Mobile phones, yeah. Do mm. we even know how many people have been fined? Have they released even, I guess, the revenue since those cameras have been operational? I know that data is available, but it hasn't been passed um, my way at this stage. But I imagine it would be quite a few people. uh, I don't know about you, but I certainly see people on their phones quite often when you stop at the traffic light. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it's a $1,000 fine. Mm -hmm. And I think it's four points from your license. So uh, be warned, people, you shouldn't be on your phones, shouldn't be speeding. You should be driving safely around any site and and making sure you're obeying the signage that's posted. Um, it's particularly bad around schools. I find people just forget and, and they sort of drive up and then they, you know, um, see a sign that says 40 Ks or whatever it says and, and then sort of press on their brakes really quickly. And that, yeah. that too is dangerous. You really need to be aware of your area and where you're travelling and what the sign posted speed is. And I think people, I guess, should be aware that cameras are able to take the photos of all of it. You know, even though we're saying that these are for, you know, speeding in the school zones, they might be able to take photos of people on their phone or doing the wrong thing like the seatbelt. Well, certainly the, the main thrust of the new ones released by Minister Bailey is to do speed. Okay. Um, but certainly other types of cameras that are around Brisbane and Queensland are doing the seatbelt and signage ones. So beware motorists, don't do the wrong thing. Yeah, do the right thing and um, everyone will arrive home safely. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Mrs. Louise. <laughs> 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 You're naughty, naughty people. Not yet. We're not naughty no, yet. No, no, we're no. going to obey, Mrs. Uh, Louise. Well, thank you. So there's only a few schools that actually have the speed cameras around. Um, thank you so much for your time this morning.
You're welcome. Drive safe. Stab Abby and Matt for breakfast. B105. Oh, g'day. It's Tradie Chat Tuesday. Well, he's tough as nails and he never fails. He's here to tell us what's going on with the fellas. It's time to head to Abby's house. And Scotty Tuhati, on Radio Chat Tuesday. How are you, legend? Good, mate. How are you? Yeah, good, mate. Good, How's good. back to school bike. going for you this morning? Oh, yeah, just trying to get the troops moving. It's pretty hard on a Tuesday morning, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, lucky all the lunches are yeah, made right? for you and all their bags are out and all oh, their You're, the, you're the best, honey. Yeah. Hey. Did you do all that last you're night, Scotty, in prep? Yeah, God, did, you're oh, good. Yeah. yeah, I'm pretty good, Matty. <laughs> he has to get <laughs> up in the morning, me. has his hey? coffee while sitting down. Yep. Oh, my God. Jeez Louise. <laughs> How else should he have his coffee? <laughs> Jogging on the spot? No, like, I'm just saying I normally have one on the run and he uh, sits. Anyways. You're going to get a violin. <laughs> too tiny. You Actually, don't forget it. that. He's got to take the violin this morning. <laughs> he has got violin. I'm trying to push him to get ready to go. Okay. So, yeah, Scotty, anyway. uh, every every Tuesday, oh, yeah, good legend, you take over the show. You bring the topic of the day. What have you got for us? Oh, what's, the, what's the one part of your job you hate the most? Hmm. So, being a carpenter, I hate my passion. With the worst job I hate the most is hanging doors. Ah, uh, just something about doors and me—they just don't mix together. <laughs> but why have they you just... hung our front door like ten times then? Yeah, yeah. Well, don't worry. Don't go there with that one. <laughs> he um, has to keep shaving it off because he hasn't painted it to seal no, it in. No, it's nothing to do with that. It's just oh, when you get someone to ask you to hang a door yes. and it's, uh, on an old frame, and you, you know the house moves and nothing's plumb, nothing's level. Mm. And then you try and hang a brand new door on an old frame. It's uh, just, oh, it's just. It's, and it's a two-man job, isn't it, Scotty? You need, you need two people. Pretty much, man. Especially mm. a heavy front door because they do suck. But um, yeah, you, you just constantly put it on, you hinge it, and then you take it off, you cut it down, you plane it, and then you just, oh no, that's not quite right. So you got to take the damn thing. It just, just takes time. Scotty just, normally does it. Annoying himself because he asked me and then I do it wrong so he just normally does it himself. But our neighbours asked him to do one, mm. I noticed, and he was so excited that he eventually gave up on Scotty yeah. doing it and called out. For you? <laughs> like, he'd been no. asking Scotty to do it for ages uh. and Scotty never got around to it so we saw that he actually had tradesmen there yesterday. Oh, front. Yeah. <laughs> oh how good. The old mate had a new front door rocking up like, oh, that's good to see, Patty. Well, it's like, um, <laughs> you must say, because you love your, your lawn and doing your lawn and stuff, but there must be some aspects of that that are annoying that you hate doing, but you have yeah, to do mate, it. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, uh, well, this weekend just gone when I was topsoiling it. Shoveling dirt mm. is horrendous. Is It is actually the worst. Mm. I thought it would be picking out the weeds, Maddie. Oh, no, yeah, he loves that. that. No, I spray them. They just... You spray and they go. I've got. Yeah, I've got when a cool little backpack. That day and you, you had that whiz bang at all and it broke. Oh it was... yeah, yeah, yeah. But that was practically yeah. a tree that you had growing. <laughs> 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 Don't lawn shame people. Yeah, yeah, that's, right, right, that's wrong with me. Yeah. I shouldn't be a lawnist. That is not. Do not come are. to my house, please. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> class yours is lawn, uh, by the way. No, it's a jungle out there. <laughs> you just have dirt with yeah. a little bit of weeds. Don't uh, get me started. I know what you're saying, one. though, Scotty. You've got like a lot of people can be lucky that their work is their passion and you mm. love being a carpenter. But there's always something about it that you just can't stand. Yeah, that's it, you know. Like, what about you guys? You know, on the radio, I'm sure there's things that you probably don't like going and yeah, doing. Yeah, the time. Yeah, the early morning oh, starts. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Love everything else, but it's just the early time. Yeah. And, and hanging doors. Uh, welcome to Breakfast Radio. You're in the wrong job then, crew. 
Yeah. Should yeah. we move to drive? <laughs> Would be nice. I've done it once before. Going to work at two o'clock is pretty good. <laughs> Thirteen ten sixty. What do you hate about your job? Mm. It doesn't doesn't matter how small or ridiculous it seems. We just want plumbers. To know. We'd know, wouldn't it? It'd be when block toilets. Mm. Yeah, yeah, probably the toilet. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. You know what I always find interesting about chefs. Getting an order seems to be the thing that they hate the most about their job. Yeah. Like, they get real no. cranky when yeah. they get lots of orders. Uh, I guess I'll cook a steak. <laughs> you know, that's what you're there for. You do. As, uh, working as a waitress, sometimes I've been so scared to put another order up. <laughs> another one? I don't know. I'm so sorry. Why do you keep taking orders, even though that's your job? What sort of business are we running here? <laughs> All right, legend. Thanks, Scotty. All right, legend. Have a good day. Love you too, honey. Tony, in Birkdale, what part of your job do you hate, mate? Morning, guys. I um, work in earthworks. Mm-hmm. I do trenching and all that sort of stuff. But the one thing that I really hate is turf preps. Turf preps. What's a yep. turf? What is a turf prep? Yeah, so have to do spreading the the topsoil before a new lawn goes down, mm-hmm. getting all the levels right and getting it smooth and all that sort of stuff. If you do get it wrong, that's when you get the big lumps and bumps and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. No, and you've got to do it even. Mm. Yeah. It's yep. never, never the turf layer's fault. It's always your fault, right, Tony? Yeah. Exactly it. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Main of my existence. Main of your existence. <laughs> it was the prep, mate. It was the prep. Cody, in Acacia Ridge, everyone's got a part of the job that they hate. What's yours? G'day, fellas. How are you? We're, we're good. good. So's the girl. No, she, she's uh, one, of the, uh, one of the fellas. Uh, I work in tree lopping business, and so every time you cut a log or you cut a tree down, you get sawdust either goes in your mouth, up your nose, uh, in your ears, yeah. um, everything like that. And also, if you cut a tree down, you got a possum that comes running out of the tree and that wants to run up you. Yeah. So you got to run away from that. Oh, oh gosh! Especially if you're up there, you can't. Yeah, well, no, I'm not up the tree. I'm on the ground. On but the ground. when I'm chopping up the logs on the ground, and like, say, another part of the tree comes down, like kind of near me, mm. possum comes out of it. Well, you got to start running. Or it's just going to run up you. <laughs> it's your new. It's its new tree. <laughs> and it's happened to me before, and uh, I've got a phobia of possums now. Yeah, so that's fair oh, enough. Well, they've they've got a fear of you too. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah, what would you say is worth, Cody? The sawdust or the possums? Uh possums. <laughs> You've there taken you him there. Yeah. And you, you never. There's no way to look manly when you're running from a small animal either, is it? Like you always seem to squeal just a little. Squeal, mate, I was screaming. (laughs) (laughs) Cody's not shy. (laughs) Good on you, buddy. Thanks for calling. Perrin in Deception Bay, what do you do for a living and what's the part you hate? I'm a chef and I work in a cafe, so then you get lots of orders in and you get through all the orders. (laughs) And they say, yes, I've got a bit of a break. And then a whole lot of other orders come through and you're like, oh, no, here we go again. Mm -hmm. Like, I love my job, but it's... You just want that little bit of a break. Yeah. Yeah. Or five minutes before closing break. and someone comes in and orders something and you're like, I'm I'm closing. I am closing yes. the shop. Yes, that's annoying. All the time. Mm. All yeah. the time. So it wouldn't do bad if you just went out to everyone and go, okay, if everyone can order in the next 15 minutes, <laughs> I can have it all ready for you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Stab Abby and Matt for breakfast. B105.
Maddie's nervous about this. I'm super excited. Oh, God, On look in your Friday eye. night, we had the the club champion for the Brisbane Lions, and it was just an amazing season. They've just improved each year, and mm. it was just it was really nice to be there. And I do love going. And one of our uh, producers, Haley, came, and I posted a photo of her and I on my Instagram, just saying, "Hey." Guys, this is our new producer, and she's single. Uh huh. You know, welcome to Brizzy. And a lot of the our workmates were there, but they're on a different table. So then I get a text message because Haley was so excited because she kept looking at all followers. She kept getting new followers. So that was what their evening was about. Was it all blokes? Yeah, it was about like two hundred new followers, and like I'd say like ninety percent of them were all blokes. Wow, yeah, she was pretty excited. Little power you wield. So then I get a text. <laughs> <laughs> I get a text message from Nick. Now Nick is our promotions brand experience, they're called uh, guy, and we've been how long we were working for him for oh, like eight years. years, seven, eight years, yeah. And he got really annoyed. He's like, "Wait a minute, I've worked with you for so long, you've never done that for me." <laughs> I was like, "Oh, here we go." <laughs> and he's like, "No, no, I'm just joking, but not." So I was like, "All right, <laughs> we'll get a photo together, yeah. and I'll post that up on my stories." Mm-hmm. And I didn't realize that I would get so many messages going, "Yeah, actually, hook me up," and oh. I'd get them from a lot of ladies doing it, but majority of people would say, "Actually." I need to hook him up with my sister. So then I'd write back and I'd go, where's your sister? And then she's like, Sunshine Coast. And I was like, mm, no, I'm sorry. I think I'm going to have, going to, have to keep it Brisbane. If you like Ice is done, he, he oh, can't drive God, the yeah. that far. <laughs> no way. <laughs> but then I got one that I was like, mm, okay, yeah. this is quite interesting. And I got one from Tegan yeah. and she said, hey, Abby, my friend is single and amazing. Let's set this up. So uh, the next day, I was on a plane on the way to um, Sydney. Oh, God, time on your hands. This is a devil's work. That's exactly Because <laughs> <laughs> normally I wouldn't have nah. time, but I had no kids. Yeah. I was sitting there. I was like, ooh, I've got time. So I was just like a little bit interested. So Tegan, morning. Hi, guys. How are you? Yeah, My fellow matchmaker, um, Tegan yeah. and I went next level because now we're already planning <laughs> this wedding and we want them to thank us in their speeches, right? Yes, correct. I'm going to be front and centre getting those thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Is this why we do it, ladies? Mm. For the for the That's glow right. of the thanks? Have, have you ever paid matchmaker before? Never. Oh. No. See, this so, is a time. Yeah. I'm hoping this pays off. Yeah. So had you asked your friend first? No, oh. I hadn't. <laughs> <laughs> no one ever does, do So they? she was like, my friend is, she's 33. Uh-huh. Nick is 31. Good. I was like, that's, that's great. That's okay. Lots in common. Yep. Yeah. And what does your friend do? She is an emergency nurse. So yep. Like, that's Sold. great. Yeah. 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 So she's got her stuff together. Yeah. And, Why and is she single, but? I don't know. Mm. <laughs> she's busy. She's got, yeah, a, she's she's got a daughter as well. She's got a 12-year-old daughter, so she's a bit busy with right. work and that. Uh-huh. Um, so we're just sort of texting back. I was trying to, like, obviously sell Nick. You'd sell Nick. What would you say about him? Nice guy. I didn't say nice guy. Funny. No one wants a nice guy. I did. I said he's just... Funny. I said he's one of those guys when he decides he wants to do something, he just started to do stand-up and mm-hmm. he's done brilliantly there. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, yeah, let's do this. And then <laughs> goes, oh, wait a minute. Um, tell me more about him. Is he like a serial killer? And I wrote back, well, not in the eight years I've worked with him, unless he's really good. <laughs> well, he's say. really good at hiding it. No. <laughs> yeah, you got to... <laughs> is that the, is that the job the, done? <laughs> is that the first question girls ask? Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's the thing. Right. Well, I yeah. have to suss her out. I've been friends with Bro... With my girlfriend for 20 years. Right, right. So mm. I needed to make sure this was all legit. So we swapped like Instagram photos mm-hmm. to see whether they're interested. Are the, mm. are the people aware of this? Yeah. So I, I <laughs> un- right. unlike Tegan, I messaged Nick straight away. Right. And I said, look, hey, I'm not going to, you know, I just think this girl is your type. She's stunning. 
and he said that thanks very much for the update of the um, posting a photo. He did get a lot of messages. He said none that got his attention, oh, okay. like her. Oh, <laughs> so that okay. was good. And I said, well, you should organise a date. So I got her him to text her. Uh-huh. What did what did your friend say at first? Um, she, she was actually very shocked. I rang her and she's like, oh my God, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but she goes, you know what? What have I got to lose? So That's I said, what he well, said. Look, this could be your future. Let's see. Well, her go. life, if he in fact turns out to be a serial <laughs> no, killer. No, wait. <laughs> We've known him for a long time. Yeah. I don't think he would. Is that being I to blame? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, see, Maddie thinks this is a terrible idea because we're to blame. But at no, the same no, time, no. they're just going on a, I think they're going on a date next week. Is that right? Oh, God. Oh, I think it's on Sunday. They've so, already organised a day. Yeah, I said, yeah, right. you've got a message. Yeah. Wow. So it's all sorted. I feel like we should just go and just watch, but we won't. Well, I feel like we could um, do a triple date eventually and um, make sure this actually works out. Yes. What, as in you, Abby, your, and, your friend, or go on yes. a date with Nick? That might give him the wrong impression. No, Plus, no, no, no. Tegan's, <laughs> Tegan's no, partner, yeah. my partner, oh, right, and right, right. them. Right. Oh, gosh. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Nick, Nick will be like, there's so many people to kill. Oh, that just got very awkward. <laughs> <laughs> Did, didn't it? Nick's going to need a bigger car. Yeah. It's like, are you serving him up a smorgasbord? <laughs> <laughs> No, I, you've got to you've got to be honest with me and text me what your friend thought, okay? Oh my god! But then you're going to crush crush Nick on radio. Yeah, we will. No, I won't. No, <laughs> can't wait. This I'll is... probably do it anyway. <laughs> and this is why it is bad. This it's is... not bad. At the very yeah. least, they just go out on Sunday. Or they, they have like, kids and they call them. If Abby. this actually turns out, Maddie, like, yeah. imagine. Yeah. Yes. See. Yeah, but. The thing is, is that worth the, it going completely sad? What if they do fall in love? That's great. And then it goes really bad. Oh, well, so many marriages do. At least do. they try. Yeah. At least they try. You're such a cynic, Maddie. Yeah, it's got nothing to do cynic. with us. We're right. not like there doing the conversation for them. We gave them happiness for, them. for a little while. Yes. Yeah. 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 And then a divorce. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Well, follow this love story right here on B105. <laughs> Thank you, Tegan. No worries. Stab Abby and Matt for breakfast. B105. You know how you say you'll do something and then you're doing it and you think it's future self, guys? Where would we say that for you? What would future self say to you now? So a current Stav yes. does not like past Stav, who obviously agreed to something. Correct. Past Stav is a jerk um, because my mum is going up to Gladstone and uh, she asked if about two or three weeks ago if I could look after her two dogs, Bonnie and Clyde. Uh, and I said, <laughs> that's cool. That's good, yeah. That's really cool. And I said, cool. And uh, I probably want to get home soon so that my wife doesn't kill them. I know we don't like cruelty to animals, but she's pretty close. Um, they're hectic. So this is the one where you um, said that you were going to get a dog. Mm-hmm. And on the same litter, mm-hmm. there were some spare dogs. Your mum ended up getting one. Yours passed away. Yep. But she still got one. No, hers passed away too. Oh, okay. Yeah. But then she waited for another litter. Yeah, she got another. Yeah. They got, before people were like, what do you mean they both passed away? What did they do? They got sick, didn't they? Well, that's a saga. The first dog got bitten by a snake and died, the first Angus. Angus 2, who was Lulu, uh, got um, Parvo. The whole ranch came down with yeah. Parvo and they all, yeah. So that was fun. Um, but having that being said, uh, I'm definitely a one dog house because we got three dogs and it's mental. It is. It hasn't stopped. They have not. They've been up at. My wife's close to crack, and they've been up at four thirty uh, each morning um, barking. My favourite moment is when you got Gus, mm. and Gus was. And it's different having a dog these days. Before, mm. when we got a dog, you just left him outside. Mm. But now you got to do crate training, mm. and there's a whole 
process of it. And mm. I remember you on the balcony here mm. at work mm. talking to your wife mm. and you were both going, oh my God, I don't know how people have two kids. This mm. is just so stressful. Yeah. Well, now we got five. <laughs> yeah. And it is stressful. Yeah. I thought they would take care of themselves. And you know what else was fun? Great fun Sunday morning when you get up and you're walking into your lounge room and you step in dog poo. They poo inside? In Why your dining room. No, they, 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 Clyde's uh, just a puppy. He's only like, oh. um, I don't know, four months old. Oh, He's right. a nightmare. And, <laughs> and we thought, you know, it'd be nice for Gus to have friends around, keep him entertained. He doesn't like him. <laughs> we were like, where's Gus? Couldn't find him. We went downstairs. He never does this. He was underneath the house hiding. (laughs) Just because you're a dog, you're a dog, you're going to be friends. It doesn't work like that. I know. It doesn't. It definitely doesn't work like that. So, and and we've got to take them all for walks all at the same time. And it's three dogs going crazy. And they just, they just don't stop. You know, when you're sitting there, it's your relaxing time and you're just watching watching the NRL. And there's just like dogs just the whole game. So you did post photos of them all asleep. They are very cute. cute. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean you did post it for life. Yeah, yeah, it's great. Yeah. We're loving it. Look how friendly. Post, post, post. Hey. There, there they are yeah. in my Suzuki. Post, post, post. Yeah, that's coming today, actually. Yeah. <laughs> okay, that's <laughs> <Yeah>. right. <laughs> if I can get them to stay still long enough. But, yeah, it's, it's an absolute nightmare. So hats off to anyone that's got more than one. And I'm, to, oh, I'm, I'm gonna. I think it's. I'm, can I come over to your place? Yeah. yeah don't bring it. You are not bringing your dogs. <laughs> your... Stab Abby and Matt for breakfast. B105. Ash came in and she's like, have you heard about pricing glitches? Mm. Now, glitches are a trigger for me because the kids use it these days. It drives me insane. <laughs> On Fortnite? <sighs> yeah. Look, oh, it's glitching. The internet's bad. No, you're a terrible player. <laughs> you died legitimately. I'm okay? lagging. I'm lagging. I'm lagging. Yes. And then I tell oh, them gee. a story about how our dial-up, you know, internet when we... <laughs> started or you know Commodore 64 you had to yeah. wait for it 20 mm. minutes to load up they weren't interested but you anyway get, you get halfway through your picture on the screen then <laughs> yeah. you hear mum and dad's car pull up and carport you look after <laughs> shut it down it's on the inner neck damn it <laughs> oh no idea what you're talking about uh here is a oz bargains is the website mm. and ash your mum went and picked up alcohol cheap yeah, so she's on. She's a mad fan of this website that tells you about all these glitches, and she got five bottles of um, whiskey, Fireball whiskey, for fifty dollars a few weeks ago, and was very chuffed she about ready her bargain. For schoolies, is she? Uh-huh. <laughs> I think she's thinking they'll make great Christmas gifts. So oh, I guess yeah, we'll yeah. all just be yeah receiving the Act bottle surprise. of that. So that is, it, it's basically saying if they make an error, they still need to honour it. So if you go and buy it quickly and then you pick it up. Correct. So um, I think the website realised after all these orders were coming in that they'd stuffed up, right. but um, I think they still had to honour it. So, yeah, mum went to pick it up from the store and got a bit of a dirty look from the <laughs> cashier. <laughs> I love it if someone makes an error and you have to honour it. You have to honour it. You wouldn't think they would do when you they just go, sorry, that was a mistake. Well, they do it at supermarkets if it's in the wrong uh, wrong pay, like, you know, if it's in the wrong aisle or something like that, mm. they have to honour it if mm. it's got the wrong yeah. amount on it. But I always think that if people are moving... Tags, but that's illegal. That is illegal. Oh, yeah, if you re-sticker it. Yeah. Mm, mm. yeah. People were doing that when I was working at the retail store. And you're like, but I've got a barcode so I can see the right price. And they're like, you have to honour it. I'm like, I can see that you've just moved the sticker, though. Honour it. Honour it. It says for a top, you're buying a skirt. It, yeah. Honour okay, it, no Karen. Mm. <laughs> but they've got some good bar. I love a bargain. Yeah, who doesn't You know where you end up buying things that you... 
didn't actually well, need. But you're saving money. Yeah. So they're not necessarily bargains, though. You're you're saving you're saving money mm. on the mistakes of the. 15-year-olds who've yeah. set it up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, I guess so. Some people are saying that they got uh, flights, which were pretty amazing. Eddie had flights from mm. Australia to Europe for less than $300 return. That was a glitch. Can't that was that definitely a glitch. But not all of them are glitches, though. Some of them are just like um, sales that you can get as well, which is pretty good. Mm. Um, you can get different tops. What do you guys need? Oh, it's not about need. <laughs> <laughs> what, what's the biggest saving? Uh, 40% off chicken. I need chicken. A deliver- <laughs> delivery. You want live chickens? What's a, I don't know the prices for this. What's an Xbox Series S? About 500 bucks. Xbox Series. Is it a... It's it, a console and the FIFA game as well, digital download. Mm-hmm. It's a Xbox Series S 512 gigabyte. How much? 460. That's not bad. Is that not bad? I'll buy that. <laughs> <laughs> Buy that, some chickens, and that nice shirt. See, that's the issue you'll find with this website. Mm. You don't save money because what you're actually doing is buying, buying stuff you don't need. Mum always does that. Oh, look at savings. this. Look at this. I saved, I saved $50 on it. You know, it's you like, yeah, but you don't need it. If you didn't buy it. Yeah. <laughs> it's like Costco. You're like, oh, look at all the savings. But yeah, but you have 600 rolls of toilet paper. Yeah. Yeah. Look at me go. <laughs> and 700 litres of Joel's. Yeah. <laughs> Love me a Joel. But then sometimes you go to the website and it just takes you to JB High Five. So then it's just a legitimate sale. Hmm. Right, okay. Oh, no, I wanted the glitch ones. The glitch. <laughs> maybe. Yeah, you're a glitch Maybe bitch. we've been played. Maybe your mum's been played where they're like, it's a glitch website. It's, a glitch. Yeah. And it's actually only, just in sale. It's one glitch a year. <laughs> so here you are, think you're buying glitches, yeah. but you're just paying full price for crap you would never have bought. Well, they just want to get rid of that alcohol. They're like, no one's <laughs> yeah. buying it. So let's just say it's a glitch. Oh, the use-by date's only got 12 hours left on it. Glitch. <laughs> Bloody glitch. Stab Abby and Matt for breakfast. B105. The 20th anniversary of the devastating Bali bombings, which killed 202 people, including 88 Australians. It's actually October 12, the anniversary, and there's a TV series which stars Claudia Jesse from Bridgerton called Bali 2002, and the uh, person who she is playing is Polly Miller, and she joins us this morning. Uh, good morning, good evening. Yeah, hi. Yeah, hi, Polly. <laughs> hey, Polly. And Polly, coming up to the 20th anniversary, how are you feeling? Um, how does it feel? Um, well, my boyfriend said the other day he can feel the pressure rising. Yeah. So yeah. I suppose it's a bit like that. The TV show is, you know, made around you. And we know that you, you said that you survived because, you know, your husband that was there and your friends that were there who didn't survive, you said that you were able to survive because you were the only one that wasn't knocked unconscious at the time. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, my, you know, the the, the film is actually, or the part series is really good and they've taken a lot of what I said on board, but obviously some of it is um, fiction. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually the reality was, is the boys were standing near the bar, which was much nearer the van that exploded. And I was on the dance floor with two girlfriends sort of further into the club. Um, and I don't think the boys stood a chance. I think they would have died instantaneously. But yeah. where I was, I was thrown up into the air and like literally like a ragdoll. And then everything sort of collapsed in on top of me. And when I came to, it was a lot darker than they portray on the screen, a lot more scary and a lot more screaming. Mm. But I realized I was on fire. And all of these things happened like in split seconds and no idea what was going on. And I was just was luckily enough able to pull the corrugated iron that had landed on me. 
and like a wooden beam of some description and managed to pull myself up onto the roof mm. of the club and I actually ran across the collapsed in roof to the side into a cul-de-sac so that's actually what happened. There, there is a bit of talk at the moment about this because a lot of historical events are being turned into miniseries and they're rating very well um, but that there is a bit of talk at the moment about what this does to the survivors and to the victims but you were quite involved weren't you you met the actor that's playing you and and you had a bit of, of say and chat to the producer about how it was going to be done right yeah so they approached me probably 18 months ago and said they were wanting to do this yeah i had to think about it because you know from one perspective it could be seen to sensationalizing something that was so horrendous mm. and impacted so many people but um at the same time it's part of history and there's a lot of people uh, young people who who don't know what happened. Luckily, thankfully, with COVID, there's been quite a quiet patch with terrorism. Yeah. But you know, I think we're pretty foolish if we think it's never going to come back. Uh, and so, I think it's quite important that the story was told. And I felt that it was going to be told whether I got involved or not. Yeah. And they and actually they did change some bits, like about the wedding scene and stuff. And of course, it wasn't exactly accurate. But because um, you, you were there, you I, got I, married the, in this. That you were there for your wedding, weren't you? Not quite. We'd actually met in Bali two years previously at this rugby tournament called the Bali Tens. Mm-hmm. Um, the following year, we'd gone back, and then Dan had actually asked me to marry him in Bali. And so the rugby tournament sort of come up again. It was just a weekend. We just we literally just went for a weekend, oh, wow. and we shouldn't have gone, obviously, because we'd just come back from our honeymoon. Mm. But it was our place, you know. It was our thing, Polly. You um, had burns to 43% of your body and would have been in the most excruciating pain. How did you, did they fly you direct here to Brisbane? No. So um, I was in the Sangla Hospital in Bali for 24 hours or so, I believe. And then actually I remember that quite well because there was not enough morphine. Um, mm. So we were only on oh. paracetamol and um, like IV fluids, which oh, kept us alive. Gosh. But we were quite quite badly injured and um the australians sent these sort of um jet planes and and there was basically a call out for australian people and i said what about me and british <laughs> and um one of the chaps trent he said oh you're commonwealth you're coming with us um but they had to get my passport because otherwise they wouldn't let me into australia anyway someone went to my hotel got my passport and they actually flew us all to um is it Darwin? Darwin, yeah. yeah everyone went to Darwin. Yeah, yeah so we flew into Darwin and we were triaged there. And I was there for about 24 hours as well. But by then we'd got morphine. So my memory gets a bit hazy. <laughs> it's quite drug. Mm. And I was in a bed next to a girl called Nicole. And I was obviously terrified and really worried and upset. And then she had her aunt and uncle or someone, some family came to visit her in Darwin. I was, they didn't know what to do with me. I'm this random British girl. Anyway, Nicole's family said, oh, bring her to Brisbane. We're going there. That's where we're from. And that's why I ended up going to Brisbane. My parents, meanwhile, were on a plane. They got on a plane in England to Australia, not knowing where I was going to be. So they got one to Sydney. And it was only during the flight to Sydney that they then heard as they were landing that I had gone to Brisbane. So then were transferred onto a flight. And I think they made it just before me. Right. We're speaking with Polly Miller. She is a survivor of the 2002 Bali bombings. There's a TV series about her story, which is out, uh, Bali 2002. When we come back, um, we're going to speak to 
Polly about how she feels that the bomb maker is set to be released from prison. We'll do that next here at B105. Stab Abby and Matt for breakfast. B105. The 20th anniversary of the devastating Bali bombings, which killed 202 people, including 88 Australians. Right now we're talking to Polly Miller, who was in Bali in 2002 when the bombs went off, and the TV show about her, and we're chatting to her now. You, you explained how in the show they didn't quite do the same story of how you pushed off the iron and the beam and then ran across the roof whilst on fire. You, you, you've obviously had a lot of time to process that because you can tell that story so easily now. But, well, I <laughs> yeah. guess it probably not easily. It's probably lack of a better word. No, I can. But, I can say easily. Yeah. And sometimes I think people think I sound flippant, but, you no. know, yes, it's been my story for a very long time yeah. now. Do you remember, and, though, and- do you still remember how, like, was it painful at the time or were you in so much shock? The pain, I mean, the adrenaline... To be honest, so I, I pulled off the iron and they have me crawling around looking, screaming for Dan. Now, I didn't look around screaming for Dan, if I'm honest. I literally pulled myself up and out of the building and ran. Mm. And, like, I was burning, so I was screaming. If The honest truth is, like, your memory and your brain is a wonderful thing that time allows you to almost forget how painful it was, mm. how hideous it was, and how hideous my life was. But watching <laughs> programs like this, and the 20th anniversary comes up, of course it brings it back. Yeah. Mm. Um, and, you know, particularly the scenes of her crying in London at the end, like, literally just sent these huge shivers down. I mean, I spoke to my mum about it, and she said, oh, my God, it was such a terrible time. And, of course, you know, I forget that, because luckily I survived somehow, and things got better somehow. Mm. But it was the most horrendous period of my life. Um, and I'm pretty much living proof that you can survive something pretty awful. You you started up um, a Dan's Funds for Burns um, on your return to the UK um, in honour of Dan to help people that have gone through burns? Yeah, that's right. I mean, you know, I don't know if you've ever burnt your finger on a stove oh, yeah. or like, you know, whatever, the searing pain that you get. So if you, ma- you imagine your whole body like in that sort of pain, um, I, I would describe the first three weeks post um, the, the bombing, the way it was in an, a living hell is how I describe it. Mm. I was in so much pain. Like, I couldn't cry for Dan because to move just hurt so much. And your temperature just goes crazy when you're burnt. You know, one minute you're boiling hot, the next minute you're freezing cold. Uh, and you're so poorly. We were like, I had all sorts of super bugs and stuff. And, you know, if you imagine, like, I went into that place, happy, just mm. married, and then I lost ever—I literally lost everything, like my body, my husband, my life, my life in Hong Kong. And I didn't know what else to do. I just had to do something to make something good happen, like to have something nice to focus on, positive. And the outpouring of love that I got from people who wanted to do something to, to make things better for me, to raise money, was channeled into this charity for burn survivors. And at that point, I had no idea that it was going to end up being a charity still going 20 years later. But it was really to sort of initially to say thank you to the nurses and staff in Brisbane. And in fact, I, I don't know if you know this, but I flew back a year and a half afterwards and donated some money to um, Royal Brisbane Hospital. Mm. And I set up a little trust. And there's a little, there is a little trust at Royal Brisbane Hospital to this day that funds various bits and pieces. But, you know, the charity now, you know, raised two and a half million pounds. Um, and we help burn survivors across the UK. There has been a lot of anger with people talking about the person who made the bon, um, bombs getting off quite lightly. 
Well, he's about to be released. <laughs> yeah. Released, yeah. Yeah, mm. he's the guy who's about to be released, released in Indonesia. Yeah, there's quite a lot of anger in the UK here as well. Um, How's your anger about it? Um, I let go of the anger many years ago. I have mm-hmm. to say, like, you know, my mum is an incredibly strong lady and very early on she said to me, Polly, don't hold in anger and bitterness because it will eat you up and destroy you. Mm-hmm. It's very difficult to do, but I did actually let that anger go and with that you get some sort of level of peace. So I do see all the stuff in the press and there were some guys who were shot a few, you know, I don't know, I can't remember how many years ago, probably 10 years ago. And it sort of didn't quite sit right with me, although, like, obviously I didn't want them out at large. No one wants these guys out at large to mm-hmm. do again what they did to us. Are you, you, but, are okay. you saying the one, <clears throat> people who were executed, you would rather not? We were rather they were kept alive but kept in prison? Yeah, yeah, because, I mean, they're two wrongs that don't make a right, do they? So mm. um, I'd rather they suffered in prison and, and, and rotted, to be honest. Um, it is concerning that they're letting these guys out, that they are in photocommas de-radicalised. Um, I don't know if they are or not, but the danger is huge mm. that they're not. It's, yeah, it's a difficult one, but, you know, like, life is short. We all have one go at it, and I don't didn't want and don't want my life to be completely controlled by what happened to me. Mm. So my way, my way of dealing with it was to try and, and, and do something nice in memory of Dan and Annika and my other friends and live my life to the full for them to make sure it was worth all the pain and trauma that I went through and to make sure that I, you know, who knows what's around the corner for any of us. We've just got to make the best of it. You're extraordinary, Polly. Amazing. Amazing. <laughs> we could listen to you talk all day. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much for your time this morning. We really appreciate it. That's okay. And thank you to all of the Australians who I met at the time. And, and there was a guy called Michael Rudd, Stuart Pegg. So I know the nurse's name still, Colleen. There was Anne. There was Pete. Peter was my um, physio. Australians helped put me back together. So thank you to all of you. Oh, well, we're in Brisbane, so some of them might have heard that. So Yeah, hopefully. And I've still got some friends from, you know, friend, anyone in England who had a friend in Brisbane put them in touch with us. And so we made friends for life in Brisbane. There she is, Polly Miller, a Bali bombing survivor. Brisbane wakes up with Staff, Abby and Matt on B105.